Mic check. We're back. We're ready. We're on. Let's go. So, um, let's just start off here. Saturday, we got a complete full schedule of college football. It's looking good. It's looking great. I like some of the games that I've been watching or seeing or looking at the highlights of Clemson and Texas A&M. Later on, we have LSU, number six LSU, number nine Texas, uh, Georgia and Alabama. They're dominating. They dominated their opponents. Michigan had an overtime thriller or a double overtime thriller at that. And then down, a lot of new, a lot of news have been going on before the first Sunday of NFL football. Um, not to mention, not to forget that we had Thursday fo- Thursday night football um, opening night with the Packers and Bears. I'm going to get to that in a second because I told you guys about my predictions in my in, in NFC North, and I, I like what I saw last night um, or th- the other night on Thursday. Um, the Antonio Brown situation, uh, Julio Jones getting getting his money, and then Antonio Brown getting released on the same day, and then getting signed uh, by New England a couple hours later. So um, a lot. So let's start with let's start with the Bears and the Packers. The Bears and the Packers. The Packers won ten three. Um, defensive game. Uh, I, you know, people coming out and saying, oh, Packers offense wasn't as good as we thought it would be. Aaron Rodgers didn't look good. Um, well, of course, yeah, he didn't play any preseason snaps. Uh, he, you know, pra- pra- he practiced and those, those practices and team, the training camps, those can only go so far and, you know, give you so much experience. Um, and then he played against a very good a fantastic Chicago's Bear, Chicago Bears defense. Uh, one that's probably going to be it's probably going to be a top five defense statistically um, this year. And with personnel and the names that they have, it, it's probably one of the it's probably the best defense in the league. So I expected that under a new system, under a new coach, for the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career, uh, little Russ didn't play preseason whatsoever. Uh, I kind of expected the offense to look a little. Iffy, look a little shaky. I wasn't expecting them to come out and score 30 points. Uh, if they did, uh, good for them. But I wasn't expecting them to be clicking on all cylinders and score 30 points and Aaron Rodgers have 400 passing. No, he's playing against a really good defense. Uh, you know, what can, what can you say? But I think the story of the, the story of the game, the story of the game that we have here is Mitchell Trubisky and his limitations that I have discussed. I discussed Mitchell Trubisky's limitations when I did my quarterback rankings and when we were discussing Dak and how we're Dak place. I mentioned all the quarterbacks in the league and I gave you tiers and I gave you tiers slash calibers or, or you know on where I thought each quarterback remained. And I told you guys, Mitchell Jabisky, I don't think, I don't think he is the guy that's going to win you, go out there with his arm and win you a lot of games. And I, I do, I, I'm not going to, you know, backtrack on my Bears going to the playoffs because I had them going to the playoffs, but they're, they're going to be the last wild card team to get in and they'll be nine and seven and they won't win the NFC North. 
But they're going to win a lot of games like that. They, their, their wins are going to be ugly. It's going to be 2017, 17-14, 17-10. A lot of their wins are going to look like that. And they're going to win a lot of games this year due to their defense and their defensive dominance. Uh, so, with Mitch Trubisky, his limitations. i seen, I was reading news articles. Uh, I've been reading news reports whatsoever. Um, you know, hearing people talk about, you know, how did he look. I've been saying it for the last few months. Mitchell Trubisky has limitations. He has limitations. And, I, you know, on, on Thursday Night Football with Colin, you know, th- those guys were breaking it down. And they basically said, okay, he is, Mitch Trubisky is very productive. He's really productive when he gets the ball out of his hands two seconds or less. But if he holds on to it and he has to make that second or third read where the first option is not there, that's when Mitch Trubisky gets in trouble. He was sacked a total of five times. He threw the desperation interception at the end. They needed that. They needed to try to score and punch it in. It was a desperation interception. Didn't have no touchdowns. Wasn't really, didn't really do much on the ground with his legs because he couldn't. So, it, it just shows you how limited Chicago's defense is. And I was just also thinking, I was like, wow. It was, I think it was on a third and long. And I was like, wow, uh, who is Chicago's like go-to receiver? Who, who, who's their go-to receiver where you need a catch, you need to get open, you need somebody to get open, and you, you know that it's automatic. They don't have that guy. Um, not, I'm not saying you need that guy, but it, it certainly does help. Just ask Dak. Ask Dak. Eggs Dak, does it help to have Amari Cooper? You know, it's third down and you need a throw. You need a guy, a dependable guy to go to where he has sure ready hands and he can get open. It helps. Trust me. Eggs Dak. Dak numbers skyrocketed when he had when he when the Cowboys had traded and added Amari Cooper. His numbers skyrocketed. So uh, with Mitch Trubisky, I told you guys. He has limitations, and that was my fear. That was my fear in picking the Bears to win the NFC North. And like I said, and, and what I also saw from on Thursday night, on Thursday in Thursday night game. Okay, Bears. They, they were a lot of times, a lot of their possessions. They would start within the ten yard line, within their own ten. It's not gonna help. You gotta you gotta go down, and drive ninety yards to score. That that doesn't help. So with with the addition of his limitations, not having a go to receiver, and you know not getting the ball out quickly enough, you add a long field where he has to drive about seventy five yards just to get in field, about sixty seventy five yards just to get in field goal range, and then you know you're trying to score, he has to drive the entire and the the entirety of the field so i took an account and i saw some situations thursday night and i said okay the bears they get the ball maybe they you know they have a a successful first down run with montgomery the 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 running back that they had back there with montgomery and tyree cohen i was like, okay they get a gain of five okay second and five then you know, gets probably he gets sacked or something. Second, third and eight. So it's third and long now. And the Bears and the Packers defense know. Okay, they gotta throw it. Packers on it, you know, Trubisky has limitations. 
And I was just looking. I was like, okay, the Bears' defense is good. But if you keep having three and outs, quick three and outs, quick drives, and putting your, your defense in bad field position situations, how long can your defense hold up despite despite having Khalil Mack, despite having Ha-Ha Clendix, despite having Ruquan Smith? How how long how much longer can your defense hold up when you're having constant three and outs and you're putting them you you gotta they gotta start on their own forty and you know, it's just it's just a difficult situation to be in and this is what I mean Trubisky when you have a franchise guy and this is this is this what separates Brady and Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck. This is what separates these guys. This is Patrick Mahomes. This is what separates them. When, because you're not going to always have franchise quarterback 15-year career. You're not going to always have that dominant defense. You're not going to always have that to rely on. You're not gonna always have. You're not gonna always to have that to rely on. You're not gonna always have the perfect running game. But these guys that I, na- those guys that I name, Mahomes, Brady, Breeze, Russell Wilson, Andrew Luck. When you have guys like that at the quarterback position, they can tend to overcome those things. You're, you're, they can overcome the other side, the other unit's weakness. The D, if you're if. Chicago's not gonna always have this dominant, dominant, dominant of a defense. They're not gonna always have this at their disposal. So it's critical for. I mean, you, you. That's why Brady, Mahomes. That's why I give. I'm giving Mahomes and Kansas City the benefit of the doubt because their def- I know their defense is. Their defense is not gonna be top tier. It's not gonna be top in statistics, but. Front seven and Chris Jones and Frank Clark, I think they have forced enough pressure. But the Chiefs' success is based upon of Patrick Mahomes' arm. It's going to be on Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be on him to score points. And that's why I have the Chiefs going 12-4, and 11-5. Because I believe in Patrick Mahomes, even with them having a subpar defense, especially in their secondary. That's why I have them at 12 and 4 and possibly one of the top two seeds in AFC because I believe in Mahomes. Brady, the, the, you know, sometimes the defense can come out a little shaky first few months for the Patriots. They, they usually get it together near, near playoff time. But Brady overcomes those things. Peyton Manning overcame those things. He didn't have a great. He didn't have that great defense until he got to Denver, and he was on his last leg, and he was on the back end of his prime. Andrew Luck for years didn't have great defense. Got got the close to eleven and five and won playoff games. This is what I mean. This is where I. This is where my quarterback tier system comes into play, and that's why I have certain guys at. I look at a guy, a guy like Dak. I'm kind of, you know, $100 million, you may think, okay, uh, that might be a little too much for Zeke and his off-the-field issues, immaturity. Uh, who cares? Dak needs Zeke. Dak needs the defense. Dak needs a go-to guy. If Dak doesn't have these things, these, these things at his disposal, a, 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 a prominent young defense, 
with a great pass rush. And then he has Zeke behind him. Then he has a Mar- he has a number one target or receiver like Amari Cooper who can get open and who's a great route runner with short hands. That at his disposal to be successful. He needs all of that. Brady doesn't need a 1,500-yard rusher. He doesn't need a defense to not to to not allow twenty. Brady can win games with his arm, and that is my deal with Mitchell Trubisky. Tremont Williams was the perfect example of what teams and players, opposing teams and players, think of Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears' offense. He said, "Oh, we just had to make we just had to make Mitchell Trubisky do the quarterback thing." They forced the the Packers defense forced Mitchell Trubisky to to to, to play quarterback. He wasn't going to be able to do the trickery. He was going to be the trickery things that Matt Nagy and his creative office, offensive system all of that all of that entails. They was they the Packers defense was not going to allow them to do that. And yeah, like I predicted, like we predicted. On this podcast a few episodes ago, when I did my NFC and AFC predictions, I predicted the Packers, the Packers defense will be improved. And lo and behold, they look great on Thursday. But you cannot tell me looking at that game that Mitch Trubisky doesn't have limitations. He clearly does. And opposing players and teams say it. <laughs> Tremont Williams said, hey, we just got to make Trubisky. We made Trubisky do the quarterback thing. We made him. We made him drop back under center and force him to throw the ball down the field and say, "Beat us." He couldn't do it. He has. He has limitations. And I, you know, like I said, I read blogs. They was like, "Ah, oh, Mitch Trubisky with this great defense and the Chicago Bears championship window. They are playoff contenders." You know, they was like, "How much longer can?" Chicago and Matt Nagy and their offense hold on to this Trubisky guy. Third year in, still hasn't, still haven't developed as a thrower. Mechanics still look out of whack. Clearly has, clearly has limitations, and those limitations are holding Chicago back. They're they're holding Chicago back big time. They're holding Chicago back big time. And look at the look at the guys that were in Trubisky's draft that he went ahead of, Holmes and Deshaun Watson. And Chicago moved up to draft Trubisky. Bummer. Bummer, bummer right? Right. Bummer. Big bummer. You know, big big bummer. I, I, I just think Trubisky, this is this is why I made this is why I made smart. And wise predictions. I thought Trubisky. I, I knew it. He, I said he has limitations. That means the, the Bears offense is going to have limitations. I don't think they're going to have the firepower. To compete with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. they are still win their share of nine games. They, they, they'll, they'll be good. They'll be successful. And they'll win lump sum of they'll they win amount of they'll win a lump sum amount of games. But as far as going to the next level, possibly winning playoff games, we saw it at the end of last year against Philly in the wild card at home. We saw it last year. Philly had Philly forced him to make throws down the field 
that he's that he was not comfortable with, and that is what eventually led to the to Chicago's defeat in the playoffs. Just saying, I made wise predictions. You guys are gonna start listening to me. Told you, Trubisky has limitations. He has limitations that I think, you know, at this point are unrepairable. And you 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 start to think they're unrepairable with with the with limitations of Trubisky. So, yeah, I'm gonna give you weeks one next segment. I'm give you week one my week one predictions. We're gonna do it every week. Okay, here go some. Here go my week one picks. My official week one picks. I can't believe it. We're here. Um, I'm so excited. Okay, so first matchup: Falcons at Minnesota. Uh, got Minnesota as a four. They got Atlanta plus four, forty-seven and a half. Um, Atlanta, I like them. I think I'm surprised. Like I told you guys, I am. I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta win this NFC South division. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if they go ten and six. Uh, so that's what I'm going with. I'm, I think the I think the Falcons are going to win this game. I don't trust. I don't trust Kirk Cousins against either uh, other elite quarterbacks or in or in primetime games. I think Minnesota loses the season opener at home. Twenty four Falcons twenty four Vikings twenty. I just like Atlanta. I think Atlanta's gonna come out explosive. They got a, they got their O line healthy. Devontae Freeman is healthy. They drafted the O line as well, so that should help. Julio Jones just got paid as well. I think Atlanta come out firing, and I'm not gonna take the points. Uh, skins at Philly. Redskins at Philly. I think this game is gonna be a lot closer than what people think and are giving it. They got. They have Washington. They have eight. They have Philly at negative nine and a half points. Uh, I'm gonna go up on that. I'm gonna take the give. Give me the points. I think Philly wins this game 30, 30 to twenty. But I think it's gonna be a lot closer than what people think. I think people think Philly's gonna just gonna run all over the Redskins. I don't think that's gonna happen. It is a division game. This game is going to be taken very seriously. That Washington needs to win at least one of these games to not even, you know, start drowning week three of the regular season because they have the Eagles and Cowboys back to back. So Washington needs to win one of these games. I don't think they're going to win neither, but Philly, this game, these games are going to be closer than what people think because I think the Washington Redskins are a little better than what people are giving them right now. They are a little unknown, but I think they are good. They have a good solid they have a solid roster with like I said, a quarterback that's average. He's not going to particularly lose you the game, but he he's not a world beater. He could he could be average for the most part, for the mo- for most of the part. He's going to be average. So I have Eagles 30, Redskins 20. Uh, Bills, Jets. I told you guys my, the Jets are my surprise team in the AFC. I think they're going to go 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, I think they're going to start off the season with a win. Bills, 13. Jets, 20. Bills, rebuilding roster, new look Bills. Uh, it's at New York. I think the Jets will win this game, though. Ravens at Dolphins. 
The offense in total rebuild. They're stinking up. They're going to stink up the joint this year. They're going to finish last in the AFC East. I like Baltimore, but I don't love them. I think they're going to be a middle of the pack team. I think their offense is going to be a little bit too predictable because I haven't seen Lamar Jackson develop into a thrower of the football quite yet. Um, if he somehow, some way turns into the thro- turns into a thrower of the football, and you know, tra- and this offense could be transform like transformation, like do have some type of transformation. That's good too. But I have the Ravens winning this season opener at Miami. Ravens 24, Dolphins 10. Okay, Chiefs Jags. This is going to be an interesting matchup. This is going to be an interesting matchup with the Chiefs and the Jags. Uh, I like both rosters. I think you know you know how you guys know how I feel about the Chiefs this year. I think the Chiefs are going to be one or two top teams in the East in the AFC this year easily. But this was going to be a little bit tough. Jag, I think Jacksonville, their defense wouldn't surprise me if they come out and try to stump, try to stump and punch Kansas City in the mouth a little bit. And Patrick Mahomes thinking they're cool and all, but I think Kansas City wins this. Um, I think there's, I think Kansas City started to break away in the second half. Kansas City, they get their, they get their mojo back from last year. Kansas City 31, Jacksonville 17. And as well, I'm I'm never going to take the points. 52 is a little bit too much. I don't think Jacksonville is going to I don't think Jacksonville offense is going to pr- produce that much. So, I won't take the points. Uh Tennessee and I told I marked this date in my calendar for about a month and a half now because I told you guys if you want to bet on a season opener this year, I told you guys to bet Tennessee. Tennessee is known for beating teams, going on the road or wherever, and beating teams that they're not supposed to beat. They beat Dallas last year on the road. They beat Philly last year. They beat New England last year. They have a lot of big wins, and this team is constant. They're a constant 9-7 team. They have pretty much the same roster. They have nothing to lose. They're going to go out and play their butts off. Cleveland is the team that have the most to prove with all the commercials and all the magazine interviews and the beer chugging and Odell Beckham, all the stars. Baker Baker Mayfield, first-year coach, they are the ones that have a lot to prove at the moment. They are the ones. So I think Tennessee wins this game. It's going to be very close, though. Tennessee, the, the Titans, 24, the Browns, 21. Um, I'm, not, I, 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 I'm going to take the points at 45 and a half. Uh, Rams at Panthers. Rams at Panthers. I think the Rams win it 28-17. think their offense is going to be a little bit too explosive and too quick for the Panthers' defense. But I told you guys, I like elements to the Panthers' team. I just don't know what I'm going to get from them. I don't know if I'm going to see a, a NFC playoff contender, Carolina team, or a team that might be picking early in the draft. So Rams 28 Panthers 17. Okay, Seattle. Seattle, Cincinnati. Cincinnati at Seattle. Uh, Bengals, I don't expect much from the Bengals this year. 
Marvin Lewis and the crew, Andy Dalton, they don't have no A.J. Green. That's their best offensive weapon that they have. Um, I don't see much productivity coming from the offense. Cincinnati 10, Seahawks 27. I like Seattle. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they be better than what they than what I predicted they would be. But I, I'm pretty. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna stick with my eight and eight prediction that I made with them. They're gonna win a lot of home games due to their home field advantage. Russell Wilson is gonna be. He's gonna keep them relevant. And he's gonna keep himself relevant as well and put up some good numbers. They got. They like I said. They got to cross their fingers on some draft picks. Clowney, their biggest acquisition, uh, you know, of last week. So, Bengals 10, Seahawks 27. Okay, on to the 4 o'clock games. Colts at Chargers. Colts at Chargers. Indianapolis, they had the shocking news. Sad, Andrew Luck retiring. Okay, they have to move on. Jacoby Brissett is at the helm. I like Jacoby Brissett. But I like the Chargers defense a little bit more with Melvin Ingram on one side, Joey Bosa on the other. Yeah, they don't have Darwin James, probably their best defensive player, certainly their best secondary guy that they have back there. But I think the Chargers with their offensive firepower with Phillip Rivers and the backup running backs that they have, along with Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry, I think the Chargers will be just fine. And I have this week's score with the Chargers, Colts 17, Chargers 27. On to the next, Lions at Arizona. Uh, this is gonna be a this is gonna be a, a good game. It's gonna be a good game. I don't think neither team is gonna be good this year. I I, I told you Arizona's gonna be interesting because they have, you know, number one pick, Calamari, who we they, th- they say he's going to be explosive and exciting. I think he's going to be interesting. He's going to bring some fireworks down there in Arizona, along with Cliff Kingsbury and their offense. They have, them, they have good offensive weapons back there and out there. But I think they'll be interesting. Like I told you guys, I'm not expecting much from Detroit as well. But I think Detroit wins this road opener 20-17. to 17. Lions 20 Cards 17. 49ers at Bucks. Interesting, fascinating, compelling matchup with the, that we have here. 49ers have to travel to, to North Florida, Northern Florida. I think that's where Tampa Bay is. Northern Florida. I could be wrong. I don't know. Who cares about Florida? Well, sorry. I know Florida's facing their weather issues. So sorry. Um, keep my prayers down there. But 49ers at Bucks. 49ers at Bucks. I think the 49ers will show how explosive they will be offensively this year. Uh, they bring back George Kittle. He didn't play. Pre- he didn't play preseason. Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they will open up and expand the offense this week and show people what they're really about. And like I told you guys, San Francisco. I think they double their wins from four to eight, and I have them finishing nine to seven this year. Uh, I don't know what I'm gonna get from Tampa. I think Jameis Winston's gonna try his best to put on a good showing this season. Uh, but he has some nice little weapons down there. They replaced Gerald McCoy with Nadamakin Sue with their with, on that D line. But I have the 49ers 27 bucks 20 for the season opener. Uh, the Giants at Dallas. 
game of the week, 4 o'clock on Fox. Check your local listings. That's what they say on Fox. <laughs> uh, I always find that kind of funny. We know they always have that. Check your lo- local listings for the games that might be in your area or your region, whatever, blah, 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 blah. America's game of the week. Giants, the New York Giants, football Giants, go to Arlington. They go to the billion-dollar, million-dollar playpen that is AT&T Stadium. Jerry Jones, the house that he built Cowboys, they signed Zeke. They are a totally different team without Zeke. Some Giants players, they were crossing their fingers. They were like, oh, my God, I hope we don't have to play the Cowboys with an Ezekiel Elliott. Ah, but they do. Um, I think it's a, it's a division game. It's going to be it's gonna start off close. I think both teams are going to come out with a lot of animosity, of course. It's, it's a rivalry game. It is a division game. So it, it means a lot going into... 4 o'clock on Sunday, but I think the Cowboys will top the Giants. They'll break away in the second half, near the third quarter. Um, Zeke, I think Zeke's going to be a little too much for the Giants to handle, and Saquon not going to have enough to go against that great wall of Dallas defense that the Dallas Cowboys have this year. So I have the final score, Giants 14, Cowboys 28. Uh, Sunday night football, Steelers, uh, is banner night for the Patriots, the defending Super Bowl champions, it's gonna be a good one, I always, I always enjoy Mike Tomlin going up against Bill Belichick, even though Mike Tom, even though Mike Tomlin has had the short end of the stick, um, I think it will be the same result for Sunday night, even though, the Patriots struggled September and October, but I think they'll win the season opener, home opener, um, the release of their new banner. Steelers 21, Patriots 31. Monday Night Football, Texans at New Orleans in the Mercedes Superdome. It's going to be loud. It's going to be exciting. I think we're going to have a lot of highlight plays from both both offenses. Uh, I love Deshaun Watson. I like. The, I, I think he's going to take some major leaps this year. Um, hopefully they can protect them now that they have the left tackle in Larry and Larry Tunsil. So I like what they have, but I don't think they're going to be able to top the Saints at home. It's very difficult to beat the Saints in in, in that dome. In that dome, they're almost practically unbeatable. Um, I don't think they. I don't think they like or they're gonna take likely how the last time or the last game ended in that dome with them losing the NFC Championship and losing a berth or a chance at a berth at the Super Bowl last year. So I think the Saints win thirty twenty four. Um, but I cannot wait to see this game. It's going to be really interesting, and I think I'm going to take the points. I'm going to take the points. It's at 53 and a half. I'm going to take the points. And lastly, the Broncos and Raiders to top off the doubleheader that we have on Monday Night Football, 10:45. Um, it's going to be an interesting game. It's a it's Raiders Broncos. It's a divisional game. It's a rivalry game. It's a lot at stake with the bragging rights. But I think Denver will top the Raiders. Uh, Antonio Brown, less Raider team. Um, 17, Bronco, Broncos 17, 
Raiders 14. Um, so that's going to conclude my week one prediction and picks. Of course, I'm going to be doing this every week. I give you my picks. I feel very confident about these picks this, um, this week. Some good, some great games on. Can't wait to see them. I'm going to be, of course, I'm going to be tuned in to the Eagles game and the Cowboy game and so forth. But I can't wait to see the highlights and the game, uh, the highlights of these games. Hopefully, you fantasy lovers, you fantasy players, your players come through for you with a big performance. Um, so yeah. Okay. So let's touch um, basis on the Antonio Brown situation in Oakland. Um, he's no longer a member of the Oakland Raiders. Just a bad, just a bad ending to. A bad story to begin with. Uh, the Raiders traded for Antonio Brown. They got the they the, the Steelers got them off the hand. First of all, I know Steeler Nation and the Steelers. I know coaches within this. They are just sitting back and laughing like, "Whew! I'm glad. We're glad that we got that out of our hands. We got that out of our hands. Antonio Brown's." behavior with him being a father um with him being looked at as a some some kids and some current football players high school college probably look at at, at, at they probably look at Antonio Brown as a inspiration his story is a good story it's a good story um but his actions his childish tactics and antics that he has and stunts that he has pulled um, since he's been a member of the Oakland Raiders or since training camp has started is ridiculous. And it's, it's, he should be ashamed of himself. He should be ashamed of himself. His representatives should be ashamed of him, themselves for his for his actions. Um, I don't like the use of, and I I, I don't like to say this because I, I think uh, I think President Trump gets a lot of bash and backlash for this, and maybe yeah he could stay off of Twitter on some things on some accounts on and you know taking in some political situations and issues and topics, but I don't like the you I don't like the argument with you know got what people use uh you know that that the President Trump uses Twitter. I don't like that argument because I, he he's only like when President Obama was in office, Instagram, Twitter really wasn't a thing. His second term, 2012 to 2000, that it, it's it, that's where it really started trending. But now it's social media, your phone is everything, and that's where all the news is at, and that's where everybody is at. And I think the, for the president to use that, the president to use that as a source or a tool as communicating or as communicating to, you know, any political topic, uh, I, I, I find it unfair because the, uh, the, the other 44 presidents didn't have that at their disposal. So it, it, I, it's kind of hard to decipher whether or not, you know, of other Presidents would have used Twitter or Instagram because they didn't have. But with Antonio Brown, with him just discussing and the, him calling out the Raiders 
and front and basically front offense and front and on, on social media, you have millions of followers. You 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 got kids. You have kids that look up to you. You have your own kids, and for him to be to him for, for him to be doing that, it was BS and it was totally ridiculous, and it made no sense. And as a black male, um, he I kind of felt dis- disappointed because he. he he was he was making the black community look bad. You you're punching, and this is where my this is where this is where my thing come in come in at. You got dollars on the table, to be exact, twenty nine million. But for numbers' sake, thirty million dollars on the table, and you're acting a fool. He, I mean, I was surprised that you know some people. Was still and I looked at I was just looking at some videos when I saw the video that that was released when he got released and cut from the Raiders. He ran outside like you're making the black community and you're making brothers look bad. You're just making brothers look bad. You're making us look bad because you are a prominent figure within the black community. Within football, and you're making us look bad, and you got these. You, you, you all the owners are thirty. All all thirty two owners are white. Most of the GMs are white. Most of the guys that's in the front office that sit in the front office of these of third of all of these thirty two NFL franchises are white, and you're making us look bad, bro. Somebody in this inner circle has to tap and tell Antonio Brown, hey, bro, that's enough. You need to cut it. But is this was this like a marketing tool or was this a tool to get out of Oakland? Because he landed in, like I, like I reported and like I stated early in the podcast in this episode, he landed the Patriots. He landed a deal with the Patriots. The Patriots, of course, they're not going to tolerate none of that nonsense. Belichick and Kraft is not going to tolerate none of that nonsense. That nonsense that Oakland dealt with. They're not going to do it. They are not going to do it. But back to the main point. Antonio, we were making us look bad, and somebody in his inner circle, one of his rep, one, somebody in his camp, has to tell him, "Hey, hey, dude, you have to chill." You have to chill. Please. Please. Making us you're making us look bad, bro. You're making us look bad. That was a disgrace. That was that 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 was a disgrace in his behavior he put on. Yeah, that is a 30-year-old man. He he behaved and the act and the antics that he pulled was like a 15-year-old, a 14-year-old. You a thirty year old man with kids. You make a lot of money. You're rich. You're very talented. You have a God given gift. You have God given abilities, and that is what you do with it. A total disgrace. A total disgrace. It's 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 he should be ashamed of himself. Shameful. And like I said, Pittsburgh. 
I'm go- I'm always going to trust smart, well-oiled, well-functioned businesses. I'm always going to trust Chick-fil-A. I like Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is one of the is probably in, in my eyes a combination of the food a combination of the customer service, a combination in how they conduct and run their business, all three of those elements. In my opinion, Chick-fil-A is the best fast food restaurant in the world. They're well-functioned. They're well-mannered. Their customer service is awesome. I have no problem spending $20 in Chick-fil-A. When their customer service treats me the way they treat me. I, I mean, I, I love it. I'm always going to trust a well-functioned business over a dysfunctional, don't know where the next supply is coming from, appliances is down, oh my God, pipes are broken. Oakland Raiders, i.e. Oakland Raiders, cough, cough, Oakland Raiders. I'm always going to trust that well-functioned, well-oiled, well-managed organization slash business Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm always going to trust that. I'm always going to go with New England. New England, well-oiled, well-managed. Philadelphia is taking on some of New England ways. Well-oiled, well-managed. Come on, like. But, everybody loves A.B. I think he's talented. And you gotta be honest, I think he's talented. And I don't love him. Uh, Some of his antics that he pulled, uh. I'm not gonna say I don't like him or I dislike him, but it's kind of hard to root for Antonio Brown. It's kind of hard with the sh- with the selfish acts that he's put on. It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard. And let's be honest, Antonio Brown's thirty. How many prime years do Antonio Brown has left? How many fifteen yard, fifteen hundred yard? receiving seasons do he have? How many 10-plus touchdown seasons does he have left in the tank? Let's be honest. He's he's in the he's closer to the back end of his prime than the front end. Total disgrace. But thank you, God. Oh, excuse me. Julio Jones got uh, his extension. Good for Julio Jones. He's a monster. Um, but thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys. Uh, for continuing to click, you guys are doing a great job of clicking that that button. Whatever button you're clicking to listen to this podcast, keep clicking it. You're doing a good job. You're doing a great job. I thank you guys. I thank you guys very much. Peace out, adios, amigos. Uh, yeah, I know a little bit of Spanish. You know, catch a boy. Uh, but thank you guys for listening. Keep me in your prayers, and I'm out.